0: I'm thinking of this guy who's gotten really comfortable living in a place that's an upgrade from where you were, but it is not the place of promise where God wants you to go. And I'm thinking about people that have been Christians for years and you've packed your head full of Bible knowledge and you've been to Bible conferences and you've been to Christian concerts and your bookshelves are lined with journals and you've got so much truth And, and here's you you know right and by comparison you do right but you know you are not right and yet you're stuck you're stopped in your onward progress into the land that god wants you to go
1: Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Last week, we began a new series called Onward. In part one of the first message, Pastor Trent briefed us on the history of the nation of Israel, leading up to the book of Joshua. We learned that in the same way the Israelites were poised to move across the Jordan River, onward towards the promised land, so too believers today can move onward by faith towards God's promises. So let's listen now to part two of the message. Here's Pastor Trent. Do you understand that the book of Joshua is
0: for you to go onward into a place of rest? The writer of Hebrews looked down at verse eight in chapter four, verse eight. I want you to see it really quick. For if Joshua... Had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. In other words, it's not about a place, it's about a person. Verse 9, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Do you see what this is saying? It's incredible. Strive to rest. Work really hard. Exhaust yourself to find the place of rest. So there's a sense in which Jesus has already provided the rest God has promised There's also a sense in which we have not yet and never quite will until we are with Jesus in his kingdom experience the totality of all the rest God wants to give us. But in this day, remember, this is about me. There is a rest. And and here's what he's saying. If you're restless, in some sense, somewhere in your soul, it is because of the same sort of disobedience that ancient Israel had that kept them out of the promised land. Don't let sinful disobedience keep you from the place God wants you to dwell. And so that is all just an introduction to help you understand when we're talking about land, we're not talking about dirt. We're talking about a place God wants us to live and to enjoy and to abide. So I wanna spend the rest of the time here applying all that truth because I was thinking about you. And me this week as I'm putting this message together, I'm like, who cares about Joshua? Who should care? Who needs the message of Joshua? Who in our church needs to go onward from where they are to where God wants them to be? And so I thought about some guys. And I I want you to understand, I want you to grasp what I mean every time I say the direction of the Christian life is did you get that? Mm -hmm. The direction of the Christian life is. Onward. So here's what I mean by onward. I want to ask you, do you have an onward orientation? Because some of you do not. And you need to get it before we leave church today. So here's what I mean. Onward is an attitude that continually propels forward movement and resists stagnation. So who am I thinking about? I'm thinking about this guy. Now, when I say I'm thinking about a guy, I'm not seeing a face, I'm not thinking of a name. I'm talking about a collection of people, hypothetical people, could be a guy, could be a girl, definitely some teenagers, and uh, definitely some people in my family, and at times, definitely me. So I'm I'm just thinking of this guy, and you may be the guy. Are, Are you the guy that thinks that getting saved Being converted to Christ, becoming a Christian, is the finish line? Because if it is, you may have stepped over into the promised land of forgiveness and grace, and you are now in the family of God, and yet you stopped the day after you got saved. If that's you, um, the direction of the Christian life is onward you need some forward movement. You need to take the next step because God not only wants to justify you at a point in your life, God wants to begin a process of sanctification the rest of your life. And every day is an opportunity to get up and get going and get moving and enjoy the ride so that you finish the day in a better place than you were when you woke up. I took my family to Cedar Point this summer, How many of you have been to Cedar Point? Do you know? Do you know about it? Do you know about the roller coasters? Okay, so they have all kinds of different roller coasters. And they have the old traditional roller coasters where, you know, you get on, you strap yourself in, and they send you out of the gate and around the first corner, and then you start the climb, right? And there's that awful, wicked sound and you think, is this ever gonna end? And then somewhere in the back of your mind is like, I'm hoping that keeps going because if that ever stops, I'm thinking I'm going really fast in the opposite direction, right? So I I just thought about that sound as I was thinking about this guy. Your Christian life should be but then I thought about, you know, at some point there's some people, you crested the hill and you rode the momentum of that first hill Maybe you went to youth camp and you got all fired up and, and, and you know, maybe you went to a Christian concert or maybe you went to church last weekend. The worship was so awesome. And you're just like, oh man, God is doing so much in my life. God really is at work. And you crested the hill and you flew around the corner and you flipped upside down. It's like, this is so exciting. I got to get other people you know, to wait two hours in the line to get on the ride to do that. I and mean, this is so great. But then at some point, what happens in the roller coaster? You come sliding to a stop back where you started. And you get off the ride. Some of you have done that. And what you don't realize is on the ride, the ride only lasts like 96 seconds, even though you waited in line for two hours to get on it. And some of you had a really good first 96 seconds of your Christian life. But you stopped. And the message for you today is this. It is time for you to get moving onward again. And and you need to take your next step. So when we talk about onward, we're talking about an attitude. We're also talking about a disposition. Onward is a disposition to move beyond the territory I now occupy into the territory God has promised You know, those ancient Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, it was so much better in the wilderness than it was in slavery under Egypt. Some of them may have thought, man, this is an upgrade. This is is really cool. We don't have taskmasters. We don't have to make bricks anymore. This is great. Can't we just kind of live in the wilderness? And that's what contributed to them never seeing the land God wanted them to occupy. And I'm thinking of this guy... I'm thinking of this guy who's gotten really comfortable living in a place that's an upgrade from where you were, but it is not the place of promise where God wants you to go. And I'm thinking about people that have been Christians for years And if you showed me your Bible this morning, it's all marked up and it looks like a rainbow and you've got tear stains and blood stains on it. You've studied it so much and you've packed your head full of Bible knowledge and you've been to Bible conferences and you've been to Christian concerts and your bookshelves are lined with journals and you've got so much truth. And, And here's you. You know right and by comparison you do right, but you know you are not right. And yet you're stuck, you're stopped in your onward progress into the land that God wants you to go. <sighs> Andrea and I had a wonderful time this weekend. Um, we've been married 21 years. We got away to Florida this weekend. I know, grown, everybody grown, okay. So, so we got away and, and we, we actually had conversations for three days that weren't with a kid, or about a kid that it had been weeks since that had happened and we know what we found it we still love each other and we signed up for another 40 years we're going the distance we're going to the finish line and we had a wonderful time there's something you need to know that rarely happens in our marriage okay confession time for the pastor we've been married 21 years there's a conversation that happens almost weekly so whenever we go somewhere together, I typically drive. I like to drive. Andrea likes me to drive. So so we I get in the driver's seat and we take off. And inevitably we will come to a stoplight. And so obediently, I stop. And my mind will get a little distracted sometimes. And I'll be thinking, is there a sermon illustration here I could use? You know, or what was that Bible text I'm supposed to read? Or what was that conversation I had with that kid? And did what was that last text? And and At the stoplight, I'll kind of get caught up. But Andrea has a very high sensitivity to the color green. (laughs) And if there is any more than 0.75 seconds elapsed between the time the light turns green and the time my foot moves from the brake to the accelerator, I am going to hear about it. And the conversation is very sweet, but it just simply goes like this. Are you gonna go? (laughs) And you know, I've been married 21 years. Early in the marriage, that would start a fight, okay? And I I would just look at Andrew like, honey, I got my license when I was 16. I got married when I was 27. That means for 11 years, I figured out. How to get out of the intersection, okay? I am not still sitting at the intersection at a red light. Somehow I got prompted at some point. It's a, it might have been a horn by the guy in the back, but I, can, I don't need the prompting, okay? We'll get you. This woman does not want to sit still long. I mean, the only time she sits still is about an hour in the morning when she's meeting with Jesus and we do not approach the Holy Hill at that point. That's her time. The rest of the day, she is moving, flying around and, and it's amazing. So she doesn't want to sit still. And I just... I thought of that when I was thinking of you. Are you going to get going? Are you going to go? The light is green. The intersection is clear. God has created a, a lane for you to safely travel in to get you to a better place than where you are. You don't have to stay where you are. No matter where you are, God always has something else for you to reach Onward to grasp. Onward is a disposition. Onward is also an orientation. Onward is an orientation toward God that seeks to close the distance between where I am and where God wants me to live. And and I'm thinking of this guy. You you know how I'm thinking? I'm, I'm thinking of this guy who is living in the desert of sin. Maybe you're like those ancient Israelites. You're a grumbler, you're a complainer, you're discontent, you're remembering how good it was before the Lord saved you and how much fun and partying and that. You're like, man, I just wish I could go back and be with those people because walking with Jesus is a little hard these days. And I I don't want I don't want to go any further. I don't want to go any further onward in my walk with God. And maybe God's word for you today is He's calling you onward out of sin into a life of obedience. He's calling you out of anger into a life onward to forgiveness. He's calling you out of your anxiety onward into a place of rest. He's calling you out of a life that is self absorbed onward into a life that is servant hearted. Thinking of that guy. You're you're stuck. You're living addicted to sin. Yesterday, I got the strangest text from my 19-year-old daughter, Brooke. I want to read it to you because she's not here. You know the autocorrect thing on your, your texting? That will mess you up. Yes. This, was, this is what Brooke said. Now, Brooke, Brooke's 19 years old. She's a freshman at Cedarville University, a Christian college, okay? So, you know, you've heard these stories about what freshmen do when they get to their college, first time out of the house. And so I get this text from Brooke, and this is what it says. And it's, it's a group text. She's sending it to Andrea and me at the same time. This is what it says. You guys might already do this, but you should buy your keg at Sam's Club. (laughs) Because they come in big bulk. (laughs) My sweet, precious daughter. I'm like, I send you a Christian school, and what? So Andrea texts back, and she says... Buy your what from Sam's? (laughs) Brooke texts back and she says, Ha ha, yeah, because you can buy a ton and it's not that expensive. She texts again, I guess with me gone from the house though, you probably don't drink all that much. I'm like... I didn't know you were drinking when you were at the house, what? So Andrea texts back and she's deciphering what is going on. Andrea texts back and she says, K-cups, right? You earlier said in your text kegs. So Brooke texts back, ha 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 ha. Yeah, K-cups. just for the record, so the word doesn't get out in the community, the pastor's family uh, has no use for kegs at the house, okay? (laughs) But, But I was thinking of this guy in our church that does. And whether it is alcohol or sex or stuff, You have turned to that and it's promised to give you rest and yet you wake up the next morning and you're restless again and you're stuck. And God's word for you today is you need to close the distance between where you're living and where God wants you to live. You need to cross over out of the addiction, out of the pain and out of the restlessness into the place of rest. Onward is an orientation, but onward is also a direction. Onward is a direction that faces forward no matter how long I've wandered, or how far I've already come. So I'm thinking of two guys this time. And I'm thinking about somebody that really has such distance in their relationship with God. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not even quite sure why you're here. And somebody drug you here. And it's like, I just this is so weird for me. And you're talking about a Bible that God wrote. And, and you're talking about this land in ancient Israel. I'm like, what is all of that? And even if I wanted to be right with God and even if I wanted to do things his way, I've gone so far and wandered for so long. It just seems like such work to get back to. You're that guy. God's message for you today is the place of rest is not out of reach. It's a promised land that Jesus wants to provide. All it takes is the next step of faith for you to get moving onward. And I'm thinking about the guy that's opposite of that guy. And you know who that guy is? That guy is me. Because I don't know about you, we're six years into this journey of church planting, and things are going quite well. And we've come such a long way. How many of you were with me setting up chairs at the North Point Elementary School, praying that God would send somebody to sit in the chair? And how many of you are still around today, and you're thinking, I wonder if I'm going to find a seat at church today? because we've come such a long way and the temptation would be to think, we don't need to go any further. Listen, the Christian, the church, or the marriage that stops moving onward starts dying. I, I, I talk to pastors in churches almost weekly and they're dying, not because there's heresy, not because of a lack of leadership, but they're dying because they have no vision to move onward into what's next for them. May that never be Harvest Bible Chapel. God has more, God has other places, God has other ministries, and God has a place for you to step into the leadership, to step into the vision that God has put on our hearts. It's a direction that faces forward no matter how, long, how far or how long I've wandered or how far I've already come. Or onward is a direction. But onward is also a battle cry. It's a battle cry of those who refuse to accept spiritual defeat no matter how fearsome the enemies. So this is what we're gonna learn about this promised land. There were giants in there. And uh, the people were afraid to go in there because they thought, they're just going to kill us. Joshua is a violent book about warfare and, and in order to cross over by faith, they were immediately going to be engaged in battle with big, strong, ugly giants. And the spiritual life is a spiritual battle. Stepping over into the land God has for you means you're gonna have to fight. And I'm thinking of the guy that was KO'd in his last spiritual battle and he does not wanna get off the mat and he doesn't wanna get back in the ring and he doesn't wanna fight any more because he fears the enemies in front of him. Um, in case you haven't heard, um, the culture is becoming more hostile toward people who identify themselves as Christians. And some of you are thinking, you know what? I don't want the hassle. I I don't want the fight. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be fired. I don't want to be sued. I don't want to be ridiculed. I don't want to lose friends. I don't want to lose a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's not worth it to me. So I am going to stay right here in my little safe zone here in the wilderness. And I'm not going to step over into all those radical, crazy people that are going to go in there and charge and and get the place of rest. Because you're afraid of the enemy. Back in the 80s, you know, kind of the Christian evangelical world was kind of categorized by this phrase, the moral majority. I don't know if you look around, you kind of size up the political candidates, and you're like, I'm not quite seeing anybody waving the flag for me. I'm not even quite sure anybody cares. As a matter of fact, they may be coming for me. We may have to become an underground church if we're going to be faithful to the Lord. Because the enemies of God are more hostile bigger, stronger, more numerous, and uglier than they have ever been. Russell Moore says this, we are no longer a moral majority. We are now a prophetic minority, which means we continue to speak up. We continue to engage the culture, understanding that our ways are not popular and we can no longer rely on favorable political wins to keep us moving. Now we're swimming upstream, but we will continue to move onward. Andrea and I have this conversation that happens almost weekly. As I am driving and she is in the passenger seat, Andrea has a high sensitivity to red brake lights that are in front of us while I'm driving. And so we were down in Florida this past week and it was time to drive the rental car back to the airport and get back on the plane. So I'm driving, Andrea's in the passenger seat. She's on the phone counseling our alcoholic daughter. And, um, (laughs) And all of a sudden I see Andrea do what she does quite well. She's actually mastered the technique she takes her right leg and flies it up and lands it on the dashboard. Which is a signal to me that the SUV in front of us is stopping in our lane. Now, the reason why I didn't immediately stop is because I was trying to be a servant-hearted husband and turn the radio down so that she could speak to our alcoholic daughter. And, you know, it's a rental, so you're trying to figure out which knob does that, and you're trying to, and so it took me like an extra two seconds to find the knob, and it was those two seconds in which the car in front of us decided to stop. And so, fortunately, when her leg went up and hit the dashboard, it's a trigger to me that my leg should go up and find the brake on my side. And so I did that, and we stopped just a few inches before we collided with the SUV. And I've often told her, like, honey, what if I actually hit the car and the, airbag explodes, your foot is going through your face. You know, it's just not, it's not a good technique, but anyway, it works for her. So, but I was thinking of this guy and you, you slammed on your brakes a long time ago because you saw danger in front of you and you've never taken your foot off the brake and found the accelerator again and say, you know what, it's time to get moving forward. God has more for me and it is time to move. God is calling us forward. Onward is a battle cry and here's the last thing. Onward is a spirit directed prompting when facing opposition to remember God's promise and rely upon God's grace. No matter what the enemy, no matter what the opposition, Jesus has already won the fight. He has already defeated the enemy. The danger has already been subdued. And so we fight from a position of victory and we fight not in our own strength, but we fight remembering the battle belongs to the Lord. And we're gonna see that lesson played out in the book of Joshua. Can I ask you as we close, are you moving onward Or have you gotten stuck in the wilderness? It's time to remember the direction of the Christian life is
1: onward. Like Pastor Trent said in his message, the light is green, it's time to go. It's time to get out of the intersection and move forward in faith trusting and remembering that the battle belongs to the Lord. Well, at Harvest Bible Chapel, as a church, we're moving onward together, and we'd love for you to join us. Each weekend, we meet for worship at one of our two campuses in Granger, Indiana, or St. Joseph, Michigan. You can find service times and campus locations on our website. And we'd like for you to know that Easter weekend is our biggest celebration of the year— if you don't already have plans, we'd love for you to join us this Sunday in downtown South Bend at the Century Center. Together, we'll celebrate the hope and joy found in Jesus, our risen Savior. Our service begins at 10 a.m., but we'd recommend you leave plenty of time for parking in a check preschool children in for childcare. We hope to see you then. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus. Thanks for being with us today. And I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.